Hey everybody, this is Parenting Today. We're about to get to today's conversation with Kurt. We talk about Bible reading, he makes fun of my haircut, we talk about dad jokes, and a lot of other things. So we hope you enjoy it. Uh, We also want to encourage you to check out our other podcasts. Just a reminder, we have a student podcast airing Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Uh, We also have the Local Youth Worker podcast, uh, which has Ellen Dykus this week talking about females and pornography. A very important conversation, a very good perspective uh, we need to hear. Uh, But for now, here's Joe Deegan playing some music, and we'll get into a conversation with Kurt. Uh, hello and welcome back to Parenting Today. My name is Kurt Cooper and I'm joined as always by my co-host John Parrott. Say hello, John. Hey, Kurt. I'm always tempted to say hello, John, like the cheap joke there. Um, and so I hesitate, but I'll just say, hey, Kurt. But at least just let people know I'm thinking that if they're out there wondering. I wonder if he's going to say hello. <laughs> wonder, I wonder if John will, will do a dad joke. John will do a dad joke. <laughs> no, I, I did. I referenced Please don't get him started. I, 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 <laughs> Please don't get him started. All right. Uh, today, John, we are I, I talking hear, about. <laughs> I'm going to get, this is a disaster already, but I did hear a dad joke just yesterday. Um, Give it to us, John. Hey, you know what? Dad joke it. Let's go. Here we go. <laughs> um, uh, oh, man. You better know it now. <laughs> no, I forgot it. Talking about. <laughs> it's it's something. Uh, why shouldn't you use Velcro? <laughs> I'm messing this up. Why shouldn't you use Velcro, John? Because it's a ripoff. Oh, man. That is tough right there. That is. <laughs> One of my friends got a dad joke. Calendar. That's not even a dad joke. That's just a bad joke. It is. <laughs> There's it a is. difference. There it's was a slight, one. <laughs> one letter difference. <laughs> I know. So, And I've probably botched it. So what does that say for somebody botching a dad joke? Hey, John, did you hear about uh, when the invisible man went to the doctor? <laughs> I did not. No, he didn't. The doctor just told him, sorry, I can't see you right now. <laughs> that was worse, right? What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Mine was objectively better. You know what? Can we do polls? Well, I think, we- you know what? I was going to say that that's a good segue. One, one is it's all in delivery and everyone knows, Kurt. I mean, you're you're the, the humor of this podcast and you can deliver um, – countless jokes better than I can. So I, let's just go ahead and give it to you. But good segue of how people can communicate with us, Kurt. Um, yeah. What we're still trying to, you know, get things set up as far as social media accounts and everything. Um, and let me also say the timestamps we've talked about putting in the show notes. As of now, our podcast platform does not support timestamps. So we, we cannot put hyperlinks um, to timestamps where you can jump forward, but we are going to try to put it in the show notes of certain minute markers that you can look for um, and just kind of fast forward on your smartphone if you want to do that. Um, But also how people can communicate with us. Uh, We know many of our friends, people who know us personally and have our cell phones (laughs) listen to this podcast. So one, hey, if you know us, text us and say, hey, look, Here's some things we really want you guys to talk about. Um, also, if you go to rym.org, you can look up contact information. You can email me on there. Kurt, you're a board member of RYM. Is your contact information on there? I don't know if it's on the website, but if you do need to contact me, don't. No way. <laughs> if you do, need... 
<laughs> if you need to contact me, uh, you can find me at uh, kcooper at trinitypca.org. That's my work email, kcooper at trinitypca.org. You can send all your complaints about John or me there. So And yeah, jparrot at rym.org, and that's P-E-R-R-I-T-T. So jparrot at rym.org. Uh, we would love to hear from you guys. Um, yeah, uh, it's been encouraging to, to see the people checking the podcast out, and we would. I mean, something before we uh, are recording this podcast that we promised to get into this episode, uh we were trying to think, okay, what, what topics should we cover? And we do have a list of things we hope to cover and we're planning on having some more guests again. Like we had Julie Lowe last year. Uh, we're going to have some guests come on. We're going to have Joe Deegan, uh, most likely next week, but stay tuned for that, uh, to discuss music since he has a background of that. But, uh, anyway, we can struggle to come up with topics. So we want to hear from, from you guys and know, okay, what, what do you wish we would discuss on this? Um, yeah. Is that it, Kurt? I kind of jumped in on you. And see, just as I'm talking, I can see Kurt's face and he's reading something. He's He's got something pulled up on his computer and he's laughing. And so I have no idea what he's about to say. It's probably something about Hoist Magazine. I don't know. No, I was laughing at you, John. I wasn't laughing at anything. I was reading. And you said um, right. can we... you were laughing at me, not with me. Maybe. No, I wasn't. I was, I wasn't. I just still can't believe that you had the gall to even suggest that that joke about Velcro was. I do have another dad joke before we jump into the Bible, and that's this. This is just a little. This is for all the dads who listen to this podcast. Uh, the next time, if you have a younger child, the next time they ask you, they say, "Hey, can you put my shoes on?" You just say, "No, I'm sorry, I don't think they'd fit me." They, uh, you just go with that. That's that's a good one. That's that's the kind of <laughs> that's the kind of that's what we want to be you know, feeding the next generation is that, that style of humor, a literal dad joke for you. Good stuff, Kurt. Um, so this podcast, as we said, closing out last week, we're going to be talking about Bible reading. Um, what we know as you know, Kurt said, this is the beginning of a new year. And we know that oftentimes for Christians, especially Bible reading is probably top on the priority list of what we would like to start doing more consistently or more of, and obviously it should be a part of um, our daily routine as we will discuss uh, in a little bit. Um, but yeah, not only discussing that, and so of course, you know, as we talk creation, fall, <clears throat> redemption, um, we're going to be talking about the effects of the fall on our Bible reading, not that the Bible's fallen. Um, we know that the Bible, as Christians, we believe the Bible is infallible. Uh, inerrant and inspired. Uh, Kurt, quick quiz. What's infallible mean? Infallible means that it's trustworthy, mm -hmm. uh, that we can trust what the Bible says. It's different from inerrant, which means that there are no mistakes in the Bible. There's nothing wrong. So uh, infallible means that the Bible is trustworthy. Inerrant means that the Bible doesn't have any mistakes. And then inspired, John, do you want to tell us what it means that the, that the Bible is inspired? Yes. I was trying to think of something clever to, to joke around with, and then I realized, you know, we probably shouldn't joke about that. That it, it's uh, that the authors. Of, I'm shaking my head in disappointment <laughs> right now. The authors of Scripture were filled with the Holy Spirit um, as they wrote it, and so they were inspired uh, by the Holy Spirit. So all of it is ultimately written by God. We would say that God is the sole author of Scripture, but He used humans to compose it. And and it's interesting too, just that the. the 
the truth we can assert about inspiration that's still baffling, even though we can assert it, is that they were the authors were under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, but their personalities still come through um, in the text. And so, I mean, that's part of the, the beauty of, of Scripture is that we get these different personalities coming through. I mean, I remember a seminary professor talking about Luke, that his gospel— you see that he is more focused on miracles, and that's because he was a doctor. And so obviously he would be interested in that. Um, Mark was younger and not as educated. That's no dig on Mark. Um, but uh, his is a shorter gospel, and it's very straightforward. It's very clear. And I've said this plenty of times, but whenever students come up and ask me, hey, where should I begin in reading Scripture? I often say, Mark, because one, it's a gospel, so it's uh, the life of Jesus, but it's a very short gospel, 16 chapters, and very short to the point. Yeah, the word immediately shows up a lot in Mark. It reads a lot like text messages. It's like, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. That's right. Um, So you can tell. Um, And Mark was obviously not, I mean, look, the people who listen to this podcast probably have know that both of us have been to seminary. I mean, we're not just, you know, making this up. As we go along, we studied this stuff, but obviously Mark was not uh, one. Um, he his gospel is informed by Peter, is what you know most people say. Is that um, he got most of his information um, from Peter? Um, although some don't, some contend that Mark was the one who ran away uh, when uh, and lost his robes. He ended up running away mm-hmm. when Jesus was when Jesus was arrested. Isn't that also? I think that's. I, I don't have that written but, down, but I'm pretty sure that's true. But now yeah. that it's on recording, I'm a little <laughs> reluctant. To yeah, say now that. I'm and, not as confident either. Yeah, and and but. and but most do. I know. I mean, scholars debate this all the time because that's what scholars do, right? They like to debate things. But um, Mark was most likely the first gospel written. Um, mm-hmm. because again, if you look at Matthew and Luke, there's not a whole lot of original material in Mark. I mean, there is for sure, but it, it, it doesn't make a, a lot of sense if Matthew and Luke were written already for Mark to be written. And again, as you talked about the word immediately showing up in Mark, it looks like he was in such a hurry to get it out as the first gospel and to let people know who Jesus was. Um, so those are just some of the thoughts on why Mark was most likely the first Gospel written. <clears throat> hey, that was for free, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we won't charge you any extra for that insightful um, commentary on Mark. I'll, I'll edit that out. <laughs> Don't we'll, edit it out. Put that Let's in the keep dad, going. Joke, dad joke category. John, what we need to do is we need we, – we think about things – in a creation, fall, redemption, restoration mindset. That's our grid when we think about things. But reading the Bible is a little bit different because the Bible has all of those things. Where are we getting that that framework is from the scriptures themselves. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about um, why, why should Christians read the Bible? Why should Christians read the Bible? I can think of two answers, and I'll let you expand on each one of them. Or I'll I'll talk about the first one, and I'll let you <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, we discuss, we did discuss these first, and so I, I was just going to steal Kurt's answers uh, because you, you cannot argue with them. So, hey, Kurt, why should we read the Bible? <laughs> okay, you just flipped it on me. But I just said, I was saying that I can think of two reasons, and the first one is is that God explicitly tells us to do so. Um and uh, this is something that has been going on with God's people uh, for a long time. Uh, the Shema, all right, in Deuteronomy, is where you're going to find God saying that uh, we should 
uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength. Everyone knows that. But take these commandments that I give to you today, um, and you're to, you know, put them everywhere and not, you know, to and to talk about them all the time and to teach them to your children. And it's supposed to be uh, the a hallmark of your life is to read it. So the first thing is that God tells us, hey, we should read the Bible. He tells us to. All right. And that's one motivation too is it's the command of God, you know, and that's really all the only motivation that we should really need. But on top of that, the other reason that we should read the Bible is because the Bible is are the words of life. Um, and there's a distinct practical spiritual advantage to being steeped in the scriptures. There's, um, you know, you're going to know more about your faith and be able to articulate your faith in a better way the more that you've read of the Bible um, and the more that you're acquainted with it. So there's the there's the command part, all right? There's kind of the imperative. God says, hey, you need to read the Bible. But there's also like the benefit of the Bible. We think about when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, how did he answer Satan's temptations? He didn't answer them with some witty comeback or a dad joke. He answered them with the scriptures, right? He was steeped in the scriptures and he was able to answer every temptation that Satan gave to him with the scriptures themselves. Which, and, and that brings up a good point, Kurt, that not only does God tell us, hey, <clears throat> command us to do this, but again, he sets a good, you know, he models it to us. And as, we, you know, Jesus Christ himself quoting scripture, and of course we have the apostles quoting scripture, and just all throughout scripture we see that. And as we're talking about this Kurt, as you and I being parents and youth workers and those listening uh, being parents, we know youth workers listen to this as well. We need to be modeling that to our children. And so if our children ask us a question about life or whatever, and hey, mom and dad, what do I do in this situation? When we show that we're going back to scripture, oftentimes for our answers, we're Mm -hmm. modeling them, modeling that to them. And so Kurt, that's a good point you're making. And something else I thought of, of, and and it would fall kind of under a sub point of, the Bible being good for us, uh, while we should read it. Um, the Bible, and Kurt, Kurt I think you quoted this uh, last week, uh, Jeremiah seventeen nine. the heart is deceitful above all else and desperately sick. Who can understand it? What I say oftentimes is we can read that verse, and it can sound harsh, but I think it's one of the most gracious verses in all of Scripture because God is telling us, He's not doing it to beat us up or to shame us. He's warning us and saying, hey, be cautious. You know, don't listen mm-hmm. to Disney to just trust your heart and follow your heart. Um, and so, Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Don't listen to just Disney? <laughs> no, yeah, don't listen in that, you know, the Disney theology. Um, as, yeah. you know, maybe, but when we think of um, our hearts being deceitful above all else, uh, the reality is, Kurt, you and I today, as we're recording this podcast, when we woke up, since we woke up this morning, we've been listening to lies and our heart has been feeding us with lies. And so reading the Bible gets truth into our hearts. It corrects our hearts. It reminds mm-hmm. us what is true and what's false. Um, and so that that's definitely, I mean, again, getting truth uh, into our hearts. We know, I mean, Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living and active. There's something supernatural about the Bible that even if, as I've told students plenty of times, even if you read the Bible and you think, I have no idea what I just read, or I can't even remember what I just read, the Bible works apart from your understanding of it. And so it's a supernatural book. And then lastly, Kurt, because I'm talking too much already, I mean, a vital uh, reality of, of 
uh, scripture, I mean, again, we, we see this illustrated and warned in scripture is that the church is going to be attacked by false teachers, that false teachers will creep into the local church and creep into Christian circles. And the reality is we will not be able to know what orthodoxy is, correct teaching, you know, if we're not reading the Bible. Um, and so we will be more susceptible to false teachers and false doctrine if we're not reading the Bible. Um, so those are just some some reasons why we should be reading it. And again, they're all kind of related and, and really fit under your, uh, your two main points, Kurt. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to remember if it's in the Westminster confession or, or in our, or in the PCA's book of church order, but somewhere recently I, I, I read that, um, that just even the public reading of God's word, uh, has a powerful effect on the congregation, sometimes even more than the sermon. I, man, I cannot remember where I read that, but God's word is living and active. And when his word is proclaimed, the spirit goes out and does not come back empty handed. So the scriptures are a source of strength for us. Um, you would not, um, you if you were going to play any kind of game, if you were going to play basketball, right? You would want um, you would want someone on your team who understood the rules, who knew the rules back and forth, and who had practiced. You know, and if you're going to talk about Christianity, if you're going to talk about your faith, then you're going to want someone. Uh, you're going to want to have uh, have practiced, have steeped yourself in um, in God's holy word. Uh, you know, Paul in Ephesians compares the word of God to a sword. You know, he compares lots of things about our faith to a uh, Roman soldier's armor. And, but the, he says that the only offensive weapon he mentions is God's word. That is our, and I think that one of the reasons, and I guess we're going to get into this in kind of the fall aspect or, or why is it difficult to read the Bible. But one of the drawbacks of not being steeped in the word is that a lot of students, they go to college and they meet someone who's not a Christian, a professor or a fellow student who has read who knows the Bible better than they do, um, even though they're not a believer. And it really puts them on edge and they think, oh, do I really believe any of this? You, you, there are people who understand, you need to understand the Bible. You need to read the Bible. You don't need to be, you don't need to pull your sword of the spirit out and find out that it's a butter knife, that it's grown dull. So that's, you know, that would be in a war, that would be a disaster and it would be a disaster and it would be a disaster in the spiritual warfare that occurs every day. We also, don't want to be license agreements Christians. You know, every once in a while, your phone updates its uh, end-user end license agreement, EULA, and you'll get a, a note on the phone that will say you need to agree to these terms of service. And it's a 53-page document, but you can click agree after you scroll through the first page. And unfortunately, a lot of our students, that's the kind of Christianity that they do. They skim the Bible. They know, like, what they think are the highlights um, or the bold-faced terms. Um and then they just click agree. Um, and, it, you know, that is a, you're setting yourself up. You're putting your confidence in something that you don't really understand. It's like shooting a gun without ever practicing it. I mean, it's going to be difficult and you're likely to hurt someone else or yourself. So um, we don't want to be like that. This, these are all the, the benefits uh, and the kind of the, the benefits of and the dangers if you don't uh, read your Bible regularly. So we want to be steeped in the word. It's the source of our strength. Yeah, very well said, Kurt. And, and I guess, you know, as we typically try to follow 
somewhat of a structure on this this podcast uh, talking about creation fall here um you know getting into you know why aren't christians reading the bible today and then, yeah why, you know, why is it hard why is it it's hard to read the bible mm-hmm. yeah without a doubt you know, like and, no i i would hate for someone to hear this podcast and be like man y'all are some real lazy christians y'all just don't <laughs> even read the bible it's difficult to read the bible is you know it's not all of it is easy to read and we're so we're very far removed from it culturally so it's not like we're going to read about like well then joseph you know tweeted at potiphar your wife is out of control. Like that's not, you know, but the principles behind those things, that's actually an easy story to read. I didn't even choose a really difficult passage, like the book of numbers, but, Mm. um, or, you know, but you know, why is it difficult? Well, the first thing we have to probably say is that we have to admit that it's difficult, right? Mm. We can't say like, Oh, well, it's just easy. And if you really had faith, it would be your favorite part of the day. You know, like it would be the most entertaining thing, um, and that, I mean, I think that's something that we want to talk about is like, why is it hard to read the Bible? Well, we're so used to being entertained and the Bible is not necessarily for our entertainment. Although there are entertaining things that happen in the Bible, very entertaining things or very interesting or even crazy, ridiculous things like, like bears coming out and attacking <laughs> young men who ridicule a prophet. Like, um, you know, so you know, all kinds of crazy things happen in the Bible, but you know, it's difficult to do. The first thing I have to admit that it's difficult to do. The second thing is we have to say, like, there's a lot of options, distractions that we have to, you know, wean ourselves off of if we're really going to steep ourselves in the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kurt, I think you're wise to, to start us off there is to admit that it's difficult. And, and the amazing thing about that is that the Bible even tells us it's difficult. Like I was yep. thinking of, you know, Second Peter three, and, <laughs> and uh, getting into yeah. you know verses fifteen uh, and sixteen, where it's talking about Paul writing and he's talking about his letters, and then Peter says there are some things in them that are hard to understand, yep. uh, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction as they do the other scriptures. So the interesting thing is, is that God, who wrote the Bible, is telling you this is a hard book to understand. Um, and again, just seeing it as a gracious father saying, look, this is going to be a challenge. And, and let's just think about our theology here. I mean, God is infinite. We're finite. Um, he wrote the Bible. And so if it was just completely easy to understand, I think we would be able to, to question if God was rather, was, was actually infinite. I think the fact that there are difficulties show that his, his ways, again, scripture, his ways are so beyond our ways we just can't who is sufficient fully. for such things so yeah, yeah exactly um and so yeah so i was gonna say like that's how everything in life is though john right i mean like it's easier to just eat fast food and watch television than it is to do a keto diet and work out every day like one is easier than the other but which one is better obviously the you know the more difficult one is the better path you know but uh, that's true of every, you know, that's true of everything. It's not like, you know, it's not like Bible reading is the one difficult thing that actually has dividends. It's like almost always the difficult thing is the one that pays real dividends. Um, so 
if that's true about everything else, why wouldn't it be true about the Bible as well? Yeah, and so, yeah, that's kind of a, a good practical point to bring up. Thinking, you know, in a on a spiritual level, uh, again, I mean, we talked about our hearts being deceitful above all else, and to, to just kind of have an understanding of our sin nature, uh, knowing that we were once children of darkness, and God came and pursued us and adopted us as children, there is part of our sinful nature that still hates the Bible. Uh, there's part of our sinful nature that still does not like to, to read the Word of God. We were inclined away from the Word, and we know, you know, Second uh, Timothy three sixteen through seventeen, uh, all Scripture is God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting. We don't like to be rebuked and corrected. Um, we we like to continue to think the way that we like to think, and so there are times. Oh, not me, John. I love I love rebuking <laughs> correction. My favorite thing is when someone's like, "Hey, everything you're doing is wrong, and you need to do the opposite of that." I, I, I invite, <laughs> no, everyone, everyone hates that. I, every, I, every, every, I invite friends yeah. every once a week, and I just sit in a chair, and they all get around me in a circle and just tell me about my imperfections, and it's my favorite part of the week. <laughs> it's so much fun. <laughs> um, but but the, the scriptures they hurt us they you know how much how much time do they spend on your haircut is it like fifty <laughs> percent um, Ashley if you're listening I'm sorry Kurt just made fun of you cutting my hair um, so that's a slam against my wife we'll uh well you know Kurt we'll see each other at the end of January at here's a plug RYM's youth leader training uh, you can mm. go to rym.org no, training transition. but uh, I'll see him in person and we'll we'll uh, we'll settle this Kurt. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> I have no idea where I was, but oh yeah, I'll bring it, my, I'll bring my clippers. <laughs> okay. So, uh, just, you know, and don't forget a bowl too, <clears throat> because it's, it's so much easier to just follow the, the rim of the bowl when you're going across the bangs. Um, like Jim Carrey, Dumb and Dumber. You want the Lloyd, you want the Lloyd Christmas, yes. uh, special. Which I do, <laughs> okay. Well, we're here now on a tangent and I've just got to go. Do you realize if Lloyd Christmas Mary had married Mary. Merry Christmas. Her name would be Merry Christmas. Merry yeah, Christmas. Yeah. That would have been her name. Okay. All right. Getting back on the road. Okay. <clears throat> the Bible does. This is funny. How much we're referencing the authority of Scripture? We just got off on Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> um, I blame you. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it hurts at times. We read the Scripture and we just think, "Ouch!" You know that that hurt. I, I, you know, it's it. It's hard at times, but but then also adding just another aspect um, to this, you know, difficulty of of scripture is we believe there are demonic forces out there um, mm-hmm. attacking us, trying to keep us. I mean, again, uh, let's we could. I don't know if this is incorrect, but I would think Satan knows the Bible better than we do. I mean, he quoted mm-hmm. it to Jesus. Um, so mm-hmm. I would say he is far more aware of its power uh, than we are. Um, and so he wants to keep us from from hearing it. He wants to keep us from, maybe that's extreme to say he's far more aware. But again, he's in the spiritual realm and we're often, you know, completely blinded to the spiritual realm. And um, yeah, and so all that to say, he wants to keep us from reading it. Um, he will usher in distractions. He will usher in fatigue. He will usher in all sorts of attack to keep us from listening. I mean, it's just, let's think of every Sunday. Uh, I mean, when the pastor begins to open up the Bible and read, why is it so hard to focus? 
you know. But I mean, as soon as the kickoff starts in a football game, I mean, we're focused. We're we're thinking about it, or the TV show, or the movie, or whatever. We can be focused. But why is it? I mean, we have to be ready and engaged. And I guess that's a practical thing too. Is you know, as we're leaving for church in the morning, uh, what we need to as parents be telling our children, look, we're 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 headed to war in a sense. Uh, we need to be asking God to help us worship Him correctly. And we need to be asking the Spirit to wake us up to help us focus because we're going to be inclined away from focusing on the Word. So, again, Kurt, I feel like I'm talking too much. What you got? No, I think I, no, I, I just completely agree. I think we've hammered this point home. And I also think we've, we're probably getting close to time for this episode, but and we're you know, rounding out the fall. But we just want to say, you know, Things are working against you to read the Bible. I like to always compare it to working out because I don't work out or don't like to. And, you know, there's so many things that are compelling you not to do that. It hurts often. You know, you're talking about how we read the Bible and we're, you know, our own heart is laid bare and we find out just like how many problems we have. And I just think about like, you know, when you're trying to do that extra rep or you're trying to do that you know, that trying to get up in the morning to go on that run and your body is just telling you, no, 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 this bed, this bed feels good. This bed is warm. You know, the mattress is enveloped around your body. The covers are perfect. Like, don't get up, don't go running. You don't want to go running in the cold in January. And the same thing is happening, you know, every time that you read your Bible, you're, you know, you don't want to hear about how bad you are. You don't want to hear about this. You don't want to hear, you, you don't want to, your greed or your bitterness or your lust or whatever it is. You don't want to hear about that. You know, this television show is much more inviting. Instead of judging yourself or having God judge you, why don't we just judge these people in The Bachelor? You know, I mean, this is way easy. Look at, you know, look at that dress. It's bad. You know, like, I don't know how people watch The Bachelor. But, you know, all that to say is that things are working against you to read the Bible. Everything is working against you um, to read the Bible. Only the Holy Spirit is going to help you do it. All right. And. You have to admit that it's going to be difficult at the beginning or you'll never succeed. You'll just fall. You know, you might go strong for a day or a week, but in order to really get going, you need to realize that what you're doing is hard. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's hard to read the Bible. You've heard us both say. Yeah. And, and again, as discouraging as that might can sound, I think that's more encouraging. To It's preparing us. It's getting us ready. And then we might even say there's an added layer of difficulty as we're not only taking this very difficult thing to do and then trying to pass it on to our children. And again, as Christians, we know passing the faith on to the next generation is what we should be about and what we should be doing and is what RYM is striving to do by God's grace. And so, Kurt, that that was well said for sure. And like you said, we'll be uh, wrapping this up. And on Thursday, we will be talking about um, this a little bit more, but then also, okay, what are some practical steps we could take as parents, as youth workers and not only personally uh, reading the Bible, but also getting this next generation to read and then also giving some uh, resources uh, to do that. So, Kurt, I've enjoyed this conversation and I look forward to continuing it on Thursday. Yeah, see you then, man.